The word multimedia is the use of a variety of artistic or communicative media using more than one medium of expression or communication. Café is a type of establishment that serves coffee and is known as a place where information can be exchanged. The following is the audio version of the Multimedia Café. And a happy Tuesday to you folks. Welcome to the Multimedia Café. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you folks for pulling up a stool and joining the conversation here at the Multimedia Café, a place where you never know who you're going to run into or what we're going to talk about. We've got a fantastic program in store for you today, but first let me tell you a little bit about the Multimedia Cafe. The Multimedia Cafe is part of the Crude Life Media Network, so check us out on Facebook and Twitter, YouTube even. All of those social media links are available at thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. Now, the Multimedia Cafe itself has cafe talk, meaning we talk about the things that are important to you, your family, your lifestyle. We also talk with experts, people who know within their industry, industry experts, lifestyle experts. That way, we are a trusted voice for those people out there who want us to be kind of some eyes and ears for you in the busy, busy world out there. Now, we're generally a non-political show. Now, we do that on purpose because you can get your politics everywhere. In fact, if you want to get politics, you can just watch ESPN. I mean, they used to give out sports scores. Now... They tell you who to vote for, what to think when it comes to politics. It's getting a little bit out of hand. So we try to stay out of the politics and talk a little bit more about the things that are important in your life. So that's what we do here at the Multimedia Cafe. Now, multimedia, we use all kinds of different forms of communication. We use Skype and we use Facebook. We use face-to-face communication. What the heck, huh? We even use the old telephone from time to time. What a concept. Let's see who we got on today's program. Let's take a look at our menu item, our special guest and topics menu, if you will. Cody Trom, he's the owner of TenCode, talks about the expansion into the oil and gas industry and how people are using them for security, of all things. So he talks about the general security he has, but then the expansion into the oil and gas industry and why that was needed. Also, Chris Ginsbach with Carbon Creek Energy talks about the first of its kind sale in the commodities market. Ready for this? Frack-free natural gas certificates. So Carbon Creek's entered into a contract with East Coast Power and Gas, a regional energy services company, and they're delivering this thing to you where you can get frack-free natural gas certificates. So it's another way that the oil and gas industry is being innovative when it comes to their technology, their environmentalism, all kinds of different things. In fact, this is part of the Earth's champion that I've talked about in the past. Now, a few few programs ago, Terry Edom and I were talking, and it became very clear that when we look at, say, environmentalists and we look at oil and gas industry, the oil and gas industry is doing their part when it comes to green innovation. Look at the Davis Refinery being built in Belfield, North Dakota. They're being, a second one's going to be built down in the Permian Basin now. The advancements they've made in clean energy is amazing because when you think about it, when the solution is to continue to have power and have clean power, that's a solution. To get rid of fossil fuels altogether, 
can't get behind that. doesn't make any sense to me. My computer is made out of fossil fuels. This radio station that you're listening to, so much of it, this podcast, so much of it is powered, fueled, and delivered via fossil fuels right now. So having a conversation about how to reduce or redirect fossil fuels we do that all day long here on the Multimedia Cafe and the Crude Life Media Network. In fact, today's a prime example. Chris Ginsbach, a little later in the program, Carbon Creek Energy, talks about his frack-free natural gas certificate. So there we go. Another example of how the oil and gas industry seems to be doing their part and beyond when it comes to paying taxes, being innovative, and trying to be the planet's champion. Oh, wait, no, Daniel Bryan of uh, the WWE has that, so we are now the Earth's champion here, the Earth's champion, trying to tell you all the ways we're championing for the Earth right here on the Multimedia Cafe and the Crude Life Media Network. Okay, Cody Trom, owner of 10Code, and Chris Kinbox with Carbon Creek Energy on today's program. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back... Cody Trom, the owner of Tencode, talks with us about the expansion into the oil and gas industry and how companies are using security today. My name is Jason Spies, and you're listening to the Multimedia Cafe. Belfield, North Dakota, is building the most technologically advanced oil refinery on the planet, the Davis Refinery, a project designed to achieve emission control levels the industry has never seen before. The Davis Refinery, working for North Dakota. Meridian Energy Group, Inc.com. Why are you striving these days? Why are you Welcome back trying? to Multimedia Cafe. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you, folks, for pulling up a stool. Joining the conversation here at the Multimedia Cafe, a place where you never know who you're going to run into or what we're going to talk about. Coming up next, we talk with Cody Trom, owner of Tencode. Yeah, it's uh, Cody Trom, and I'm uh, one of the owners of Tencode uh, Security in Bismarck, North Dakota. Tencode Security, let's talk a little bit about what it is you guys do. Uh, well, uh, the, the company first uh, was, was developed uh, about three years ago, and it started out as a uh, security and investigative company. Um, last year, um, we... Um, added a new division to our company, the energy services side. And uh, some people think, well, how does energy and security, how does that all come together? Well, we developed a program, a compliance program, that kind of meshes the, the two divisions together um, uh, using investigative techniques uh, out in the Bakken. So but it's, it's kind of a pretty, a pretty diverse uh, program that we have. So security, uh, here at the conference, obviously, a lot of the CEOs have their own personal security. Um, I imagine there's security at the conference. Are we talking about outside, like on the well site, or where exactly are the physical location of your security guys? Um, kind of all over. You know, we got uh, we got locations, uh, you know, um, various places in North Dakota. We got some people here in Bismarck that do some uh, some security work for us. But most of our most of our work is out in the Bakken. You know, we, we've catered to the oil industry. 
So a question I like to ask people because the oil industry gets pretty diverse, but also gets pretty specific too. Yes. Uh, who would be your direct customer? I would imagine anybody, but. Well, we kind of keep that quiet only because, uh, you know, our clients kind of like that. Um, but yeah, we've got, uh, we probably have, you know, four, four major clients out in the back and that we do most of our work for, you know. Um, you know, a lot of it isn't uh, consistent work. You know, we, we get called and, you know, our projects are very short term sometimes. Um, you know, especially during the downturn, you know, uh, budgets are a little bit tight, but there's always still a need for security. So, you know, we get called uh, frequently. Uh, oil and gas, obviously, is a lot of training. Security, a lot of training, not much training, mostly watching a monitor now. Talk to me about what is involved. Uh, you know, we're not, we don't do much, uh, you know, uh, uh, monitor watching. Um, most, if not all, of our, our personnel are um, current law enforcement, former law enforcement, or, you know, um, veterans or you know, former military. So they already have that background when they come to us. It's not that we wouldn't take somebody new and, and build them from the ground up. But when they come to us, they already have that foundation. And so we just kind of maintain their, their skill level. So in addition to, you know, obviously the um, secure service that you do bring, sometimes there's some ancillary benefits that come from it, whether it be, you know, uh, insurance rate goes down or maybe they can do more things that they couldn't do before through some regulational type things. Do you guys get quite into that or is that a little advanced you know, still? We, we don't. We okay. don't get involved in that aspect of it. That's probably a good thing. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so uh, what's next for you guys? Okay, because you mentioned outside of oil and gas, right? You do stuff outside of oil and gas? Yeah, we you know we cater to some of the uh, you know local hospitals. Okay. Um, so we do some security, security work for them. Um, a lot of investigative work here locally. Um, in fact, we have what, a, a contract with uh, you know workforce safety, so we do... Um, large majority of their, their investigative work so stakeouts uh yes to a certain extent yes <laughs> okay i didn't want to get you in too much trouble but i but i know a little bit what you're talking about uh just final thoughts i'd like to leave uh the the, the interviewer with the final word that way the question's not framed by me is there anything that we should uh, reiterate anything we didn't mention any kind of final thoughts are yours uh, i don't think so i think you pretty much covered it thanks man all right. That was quick. And that was Cody Trom with Tenco. To listen to the full-length interview or to check out other exclusive interviews, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. The Multimedia Cafe is part of the Crude Life Media Network. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, even YouTube. Go to thecrudelife.com, click on the social media tab. All of the social media links are right there. Become one of the 350,000 followers we have here at the Multimedia Cafe and the Crude Life Media Network. My name is Jason Spies, and this is the Multimedia Cafe. Whenever you fall in the dead of night, whenever you call and please don't fight these hands that are holding you. Welcome back to the Multimedia Cafe. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you, folks, for pulling up a stool and joining the conversation here at the Multimedia Cafe, a place where you never know who you're going to run into or what we're going to talk about. Coming up next, Chris Ginsbach with Carbon Creek Energy. Chris Ginsbach with Carbon Creek Energy. Carbon Creek Energy. Well, before we get into the, some of the big news you guys have, let's talk a little bit about what your guys' company is. You know, just uh, give us a little elevator pitch, if you will, of what you guys are all about and where you guys are seeing some action. 
Sure. Hey, I appreciate the opportunity. Uh, so Carbon Creek Energy was formed in uh, late 2015. We bought uh, a coal bed methane field in the Powder River Basin. It was previously owned and operated jointly by Anadarko and WPX. And we bought them out of that position, about 6,500 uh, operated wells, a pretty large footprint area uh, in the basin there. And, you know, the idea was uh, we can try to get some operational efficiencies by bringing everything under, under one operatorship, under one team. Um, uh, but then also we liked the potential opportunity of you know, the clean nature of coal bed methane and specifically Powder River coal bed methane uh, because of the pure water that, that comes out of the formation there. We're able to just repurpose that back uh, into the environment, do surface discharge. So we thought there were some, uh, some, some operational efficiencies we could gain, but then also possibly some environmental attributes we could try to, try to work on um, and bring something new to the, to the market with that opportunity. So one of the reasons we brought you on the program today was to talk about the, uh, in the press release at least, it says first of kind, first of its kind, uh, sale, commodities, market, that sort of thing, and frack-free natural gas certificates. Um, you know, obviously there's some great buzzwords in there. First of its kind caught my attention, and then frack-free. Anytime you can kind of um, get the word free in there. Of course, you're going to catch people's attentions too. So let's talk a little bit about what you guys have going on. Sure. Uh, so, you know, part of the inherent or kind of absolute properties of processing uh, the methane from the coal seams, from, from the coal bed there in the Powder River is that we do not and cannot hydraulically frack our wells. Um, and so when we bought the asset, we were brainstorming on, hey, you know, we, we've got this, what we think is a, a, new, a unique attribute to how we uh, go about our, our production processes. Um, and there is a, as you know, a pretty big um, anti-fracking movement out there, uh, specifically on, on the coasts. Uh, but we're even we're seeing it here in Texas. So we're headquartered in Texas. Uh, operations are up in Wyoming, but there's even counties and cities here in, in, in our state that are that are banning fracking. And so, what we wanted to try to try to determine was, hey, can we bring uh, a product to market similar to a wind credit or a solar credit, where you take the unique attributes of how you're processing something and match that up with consumers that are wanting to, um, you know, kind of take advantage of of, of reducing their footprint. Uh, whether it's uh, you know b because they either have a moral obligation because they want to do that, uh, or because there's there's some sort of mandate that has been put upon them by uh, by some regulatory body, and we thought it would be pretty unique if we can try to do that with uh, the the attributes of our production processes and and the frac free nature of it was what we had settled on and then tried to uh, essentially try to start making some phone calls seeing how we could make that a reality. So, are you guys frack freeing right now? That's correct. Yeah, hundred okay. percent of our production, um, we do not. Yeah, uh, we do not have to hydraulically frack the wells when we. That's what I thought. Okay, I want to make yeah. sure I was following you here because I, I have interviewed a few people that they do some different methods. I know there's a guy up in Utah who's using some sort of solution to. Uh, do some sort of frack free type things, and and um, but those are very shallow type wells. Uh, there's a guy in Colorado using microwave. He's trying to experiment that way. Um, is is there a way that you guys kind of, um, I guess, explain 
this frack-free technology in a very layman's term to kind of, you know, dumb it down for the average person, I guess? (laughs) Sure. Well, you know, part of it just goes to it's how you produce this, excuse me, this coal bed methane field. So, you know, there's not any sort of new technology or new technique that we're bringing that can try to be applied to a deep formation, you know, you know, two mile horizontal lateral. Uh, when you drill into the Powder River coal bed, we're essentially drilling a water well, and it's a, our average depth is is maybe fifteen hundred, seventeen hundred feet. You drill a water well, you put a sub pump down um, down hole, you pump the water out of out of the formation, and as you release the pressure that's down hole. Uh, the gas, um, I'm going to use a semi-technical term, it desorbs from the coal and then bubbles up. So think about opening up a Coke bottle. When you release that pressure, the CO2 starts bubbling. It's the same concept there. Interesting. I would think... And the coal, seam, the, the coal seams that we drill into are already naturally pretty well broken and split open, natu- naturally fractionated, that we don't have to go down and try to perf and, and inject high-pressure... Uh, water and chemicals and some sort of propent or, or, or sand into the formation. We can just suck the water out naturally in the gas, and the gas naturally bubbles up. So. Well, I was going to say, it seems like it's a little bit more natural of a process, and also it probably would um, have a different effect on the on the fresh water. Yeah, that, that's exactly right. So the water that we're drilling into, the aquifer we're drilling into, is essentially a, char- a naturally charcoal-filtered water. So it's pure water when it comes out uh, up to the surface, and we're able to put that right, right back into the ecosystem. So we dump it right back into the Powder River Basin, or for the farmers and ranchers on the lands that we work on and operate on, we'll give that right back to them, and they can use it to irrigate their crops, to water their livestock. So it's actually increasing yields um, from that standpoint. So we're certainly not a water-neutral company, uh, we're even more so water water positive. So we are repurposing fresh water back into the environment um, that's that's providing life. We're not taking we're certainly not taking fresh water out uh, when it comes to the completions and, and the, the fractionated jobs. Mr. Chris Ginsbach, I'm gonna ask you to hold that thought for just a moment. We're gonna take a quick pause and we come back, we'll continue the conversation with Chris Ginsbach with Carbon Creek Energy. My name is Jason Spies, and you're listening to the Multimedia Cafe.
Bellfield, North Dakota, is building the most technologically advanced oil refinery on the planet, the Davis Refinery, a project designed to achieve emission control levels the industry has never seen before. The Davis Refinery, working for North Dakota. MeridianEnergyGroupInc.com. Jason Spies, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. I totally agree with you, and the word that you brought into this is fact. You tell the facts. And then you let people make up their own minds. If you want someone who's competent, you don't want to get a bunch of rookies. Love listening to Jason Speece on the radio. And if I miss him there, I catch him online. Let's bring in Jason Speece, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Um, Jason, what's your thought on this? No one does an interview like Jason Speece. Welcome back to the Multimedia Cafe. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you, folks, for pulling up a stool and joining the conversation here at the Multimedia Cafe, a place where you never know who you're going to run into or what we're going to talk about. Coming up next, Chris Ginsbach with Carbon Creek Energy. So where do you guys see this going? I mean, in terms of car, uh, like carbon credits, if you will, or whatever that, yep. you know, that, that is. Uh, that's, um, yeah. you know, I've, I've heard of these in the past a little bit. I'm not as familiar with... What uh, you know the, the the carbon credits entail? Uh, mostly, I know most of it from popular culture. To be honest, um, <laughs> how, how, I guess how, how do carbon credits work? Then do companies, I guess, t- talk to me a little bit about that before you uh, describe it. How you guys directly do it? Yeah, and, and that's exactly how how we viewed it when we thought we could we could make something of our unique attributes as we related it to carbon credits. So. You know, the, the buzzword uh, when, when it comes to carbon credits is what's my carbon intensity? You know, how much carbon am I emitting in the atmosphere for whatever I am doing, whether it's flying jets or if I'm a, a Google or an Apple, you know, how many megawatts hours am I, am I using in all of my, my facilities or my data centers around town? And I try to convert that electricity usage into a, a – uh, a carbon amount, and they measure that by metric tons, and then I can go out and find projects that companies have done and essentially buy credits that they have, you know, maybe they've planted so many trees 
and it creates X amount of a carbon offset, I can go buy that offset um, to cancel out my usage. And that was essentially the same concept that we had here with our frac-free uh, attributes is, you know, companies that want to, uh, that are using natural gas, um, you know, whatever it's for, either for their electricity or maybe for their heating uses, they can look at their gas bill. And those that want to, uh, you know, support uh, uh, the, the, the lack of, of, of fracking that our production has or kind of the more natural process, like you stated, uh, the more natural process that our production uh, characteristics bring to the market, they now have a way to buy the attributes that we are creating, the certificates that we are creating to offset their usage. Can I ask you about the natural gas industry for a second? Sure. Um, that's sure. we're, we're, we're very big believers in 2019 uh, being the year of natural gas. Um, I think it's about time some of these uh, as far as uh, with, with the crude oil, I know you guys are doing natural gas. You guys aren't getting any crude oil, right? It's just natural gas? Nope. Yeah, 100%, 100% dry gas. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, you know, but when you look at, say, the Bakken or even down the Permian, um, some of these different shale plays, of course, they're getting an abundance of natural gas coming off the crude oil where they're flaring it. Uh, they're getting so much yep. of it. Um, yep. Then they got these science projects going on, these different wells, that sort of thing, and you know, for a while, it, it's it's not economical for a lot of the oil companies, takes a little time, et cetera. I think between what, you know, what you have going on with some of the innovation out there and some of these other science projects finally coming to fruition, showing they can be economical uh, for the oil companies, I just see 2019 as being a year for natural gas to make a big, big jump because, I don't know, it just, it, it just, it doesn't seem like it can get any cheaper at 25 cents and three bucks, uh, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, it just seems like yeah. it's it's about time where it the, the price might go up to the consumer by a little bit, which is going to be good news for the companies. They're going to get some money to finally reinvest back in there. I don't know. what, what where, where do you see 2019 being for natural gas? Well, I mean, if you if you look at the strip, uh, the, the forward strip for, for NYMEX, you know, you really have seen a bump here over the last month as we're heading into winter. And the storyline coming into the winter was, hey, we're not putting enough in storage. Um, but I think everyone was thinking, with, but look, with how much gas is coming on because of the associated gas with the oil drilling and with the shale production of these, you know, these, these massive gas wells in the, um, you know, in the Marcellus and Utica and, and some of those areas in the Northeast, uh, we don't need as much in storage because there's still new production coming online. And that still could be the case. It could, it, could, it could hold you over. But, you know, we're completely driven by weather models right now and week to week what's going to happen with the weather. And that's why you've seen some of these, these pretty massive spikes, not only in NYMEX, but even more specifically around the country if you look at some of the other hubs around. But once April comes around and you're out of that, that draw, you know, those, those draw months, the strip kind of goes right back down to the 250 to $3 range. Um, but, uh, so, I, I, I don't know, I, I like this, <laughs> I'm trying to be positive on it. I certainly, you know, I'm a gas guy, so, so I want to be long gas, right? Mm -hmm. um, but, and, but I don't want to give a false hope of all of a sudden, hey, because we have high gas prices now, it's, it's high forever. I, I do think it'll come back down some, but it will be interesting to see how much of the LNG exports are going to be able to take. Are they going to be taking more gas than we're thinking, which really could, could push that price up and hold that 
hold that floor number a little bit higher than we've been experiencing over the last kind of 18 to 24 months. Okay, yeah, and again, this is speculation, which is always dangerous. Yeah, absolutely. Always absolutely. dangerous, especially in the energy industry, but but there, there is a few key things that you brought up that go well beyond speculation and, and become, you know, signals and indicators and that sort of thing. One is, you know, there's there's infrastructure being built. And until that infrastructure can be built, there's there's a ceiling on how much natural gas you can just get out of a certain shale play or out of a certain region, that sort of thing. The other one is the storage. Um, I talked to one of the writers for the BOE report uh, just last week and he was talking about that same issue about these uh, storage issues uh, with natural gas. There's such an abundance of it that nobody's really doing proper storage. And, you know, a place like Chicago could actually have issues come the wintertime, you know, like March, you know, near the tail end of, uh, you know, I think you you mentioned like in April or something like that, but near near the tail end of those, those cold months to where, you know, it's not unfeasible, unfeasible to, have uh, an issue with natural gas, which seems unheard of because, you know, you're down in the Permian, you see the flaring. I'm up here in the Bakken. Oh, yeah. I see the flaring. We have so much yeah. natural gas, we'll just burn it off. And so yeah. <laughs> to think that there would be a storage is almost unheard of. Yeah. Well, but, but that's the issue, right? So especially here in the Permian, you see all the flares. It's because there's not enough pipeline capacity to get it somewhere to get used. Right. So if there's not enough going into storage or, pe- or companies were not buying enough to, to, to take it into storage because they think there's going to be enough production coming online. Well, there may be, but is there actually enough production coming online that they can actually get it to their, <laughs> to their city gate or to their burner tip? Yeah. And it, it really could. If we continue to have, or continue, uh, if, if we have a cold, you know, cold December, end of December, January, February, yeah, there could be some really massive price, price spikes. It'll, it'll be very interesting to watch. Um, yeah. hmm. uh, as it, as, it, as all of that kind of relates to, you know, to what we were doing with our attributes, yeah. you know, the biggest thing that we were trying to find was, you know, what's a, what's another way that we can get a revenue stream? Because no matter how I produce it or how someone in the Permian Basin or the Bakken produces it, you're getting the same price because it's a commodity, right? But even though we have different attributes, you know, characteristics that help bring it to market, no one was getting compensated for if they're doing it differently. You know, if we have a lower impact on the environment, uh, we're not getting treated any differently with our product versus someone who, um, you know, who maybe is consuming a bunch of fresh water during, during their completion process. And that's really what we think is the revolutionary change here with the help of, of our partners uh, with Expansive and IES, um, you know, given us, the, the kind of big data analytics and and, and data integrity of, of what we're what we're producing and saying what and having what we say we have you know being able to now differentiate the commodity is really a uh, that's really what's kind of the first of its kind of market there mr. Chris Ginsbach I'm gonna ask you to hold that thought for just a moment. We're going to take a quick pause and we come back. We'll continue the conversation with Chris Ginsbach with Carbon Creek Energy. My name is Jason Spies and you're listening to the Multimedia Cafe.
Bellfield, North Dakota, is building the most technologically advanced oil refinery on the planet, the Davis Refinery, a project designed to achieve emission control levels the industry has never seen before. The Davis Refinery, working for North Dakota. Meridian Energy Group, Inc.com. Welcome back to the Multimedia Cafe. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you, folks, for pulling up a stool and joining the conversation here at the Multimedia Cafe, a place where you never know who you're going to run into, or what we're going to talk about. Coming up next, we continue our conversation with Chris Ginsbach with Carbon Creek Energy. So who would be your customer on something like this? Would it, would it be the energy companies? Would it be uh, an average uh, landowner, consumer type thing? Who's, who's exactly your customer? No, so, yeah, so I think the people that want to buy the, the differentiation, um, you know, initially for, for, our, for the first certificate we've come out with, you know, it seems to be more the retail customer, right? That's who's going to gravitate towards something like a frack-free certificate. Um, and so that really points us more to kind of utilities or even gas uh, retailers or electric retailers that are selling directly to consumers. And that's who our first transaction was with. That's the press release that you saw. So we, we are selling our certificates to East Coast Power and Light, who's a natural gas retailer uh, in the Northeast. They, they, they've got retail cl- or individual customers uh, and, and corporate customers, industrial customers as well, but in, in New York, New Jersey, Delaware, and Maryland. And so they're trying to provide and want to provide a green gas product, which you don't really have on the market. You know, you've got um, – in, in deregulated states, you know, you can buy green electricity, right? You can you can choose to buy wind credits or solar credits through your electric provider and get a green electric, but there hasn't really been anything differentiating on the gas side. And what they're trying to come to market with is, hey, what's something that, that our clients are asking for, that our customers are asking for, that is showing that we've got a cleaner, cleaner for the environment gas product. Hmm. And this is what they settled on and are going to try to start marketing uh, as their green gas product to their to their clients. Well, if somebody's one of those um, prospective customers, or if um, somebody wants to know more information, what, what, do, do you guys direct them to a website, or how can people find out uh, more information on on this? Yeah, I, I would say initially um, they can they can reach out directly to us, Carbon Creek Energy. Website's carbon-creek.com. East Coast Power and Line for those on the on the East Coast that are looking for it. That's who's going to be coming out with uh, with the product. Um, but the other, you know, the other team members and partners that we're dealing with this on uh, expansive, uh, which is X P A N S I V expansive.com is really the company that is taking the data that we have. You know, all of all of us oil and gas producers, we've got 
meters on everything, right? So we have massive amounts of data. They're now able to take that and can quantify the characteristics and the attributes. And so they're the ones who are helping us create the unique characteristics that make Carbon Creek gas special. Uh, so for those, you know, I would say those are the producers that are saying, hey, we've got something. Uh, that's who you would want to reach out to and say, how can we try to take advantage of of a differentiated market right now, of a market that is uh, including investors that are saying, hey, you've got to clean up, you've got to clean up your act um, uh, and show that you're, you're doing something to change change your carbon intensity, change your greenhouse gas emissions footprint. And I think there's a lot of companies that are doing that and that, that have, have done and, and shown things they are, that they are doing things that are better for the environment, even if you're still bringing a fossil fuel to market because we need it. But they do it just saying, hey, I've, I've got to do it because people are asking me and it's just going to be another expense for me. Well, we, we, what we're trying to do is differentiate that and now that can be a revenue stream for I'll tell you, that's one of the best, uh, and not one of the best, but that's that's one of the biggest untold secrets of the energy industry right now is there's a lot of people that are um, trying to make the energy industry cleaner and more environmental and this and that. So instead of protesting, yep. they're working for the energy companies. You know, they're right. they're actually trying to solve the the problem that all the the you know the people were protesting for you know against fossil yep. fuels their whole career. So I I think that's Interesting. Are you guys getting a pretty good response on the, you know, the frack free that that portion of marketing? Is that getting a pretty good, um, you know, good, is it passing the pretty good test? Yeah, I, I think so. You know, I mean, we we came out with our press release about a week and a half ago. Um, you know, teams and, and groups like yourselves are, are, are picking up on it. Um, the people that we, the other retailers that we've been talking with. Um, you know, a lot of them are kind of gun shy and saying, Hey, I don't want to be the first, get this, get this proved out and take it to market. Then give me a call. Well, that's what we're doing now. And, and we're in negotiations with, um, uh, you know, with some other companies about that. So yeah, it, it's pretty exciting on, um, on what we're able to bring the market, you know, but, but coupled with that, some people are saying uh, there's other utilities are saying, you know what, I'm not really, I don't think I, I'm interested in the frag free, but what I am interested in is your water conservation. You know, the fact that we're not taking fresh water out of the system, that we're repurposing it back into the system. So, you know, they're consuming water on one side. They want to try to buy water offsets on the other. You know, water rights and water management are, are just as big of a deal as, um, as trying to go and get, you know, mineral rights and, and land rights. So there's a lot of different ways that the, the characteristics of production and how you manage your facilities and your processes can be taken advantage of. And that's what's exciting about what, uh, you know, the team of us that have come together with this, again, you know, Carbon Creek, Expansive, and, and IES, uh, is we're trying to get a market-based solution for this and, and not have something crammed down our throat that uh, for, 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 from people that may not understand how the industry works. But if the industry can work together uh, and come up with a market-based solution for it, then companies start taking notice and saying, okay, this, this can make sense. How can we how can we take advantage of, of what the market is now saying they're ready for? Well, I think you guys are on to something. I really do. And I wish you luck. And uh, we'll probably talk down the road. Wonderful. Hey, I appreciate the time. Uh, follow up with us anytime, anytime you'd like. And that was Chris Ginsbach with Carbon Creek Energy. To listen to the full-length interview or to check out other exclusive interviews, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. 
The Multimedia Cafe is part of the Crude Life Media Network. Check us out on Facebook and Twitter, even YouTube. All of those social media links are available at thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. This is the Multimedia Cafe, and I'd like to thank you folks for joining us, having us be part of your daily content, part of your weekly content. Here at the Multimedia Cafe, we're very grateful. We understand there's a lot of places out there to get your content including going to the gas station and seeing Steve Harvey give you the news in between gas pumps on on a video screen. So you can get it almost anywhere. If you're listening to us on the radio, thank you very much. We'll be back tomorrow at this time on this radio station. If you're streaming us online or maybe you're downloading one of our podcasts available on iTunes or other podcast platforms, thank you very much for allowing us to be part of your daily content. As I mentioned before, all of our interviews are exclusive here at the Multimedia Cafe. From the staff at the Multimedia Cafe, my name is Jason Spies, asking you to savor life and enjoy the spice.
You rose and conquered the grave. Jesus conquered the grave.